Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Take it a game at a time. You know, obviously the last two games hurt us, but we still in the hand. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. 140 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. The frustration in Rip City boiled over this weekend. CJ McCollum, who isn't a terribly emotional guy, got into it with Alex Lan against the Kings at Moda Center. Tempers flared. Arms flew and fines were issued. Oh, that's a foul. Uh-oh, uh-oh, see, oh. oh no, 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 you don't want any of that. You don't need that. And now the officials step in as C.J. McCollum takes issue with Alex Lynn. That quickly escalated. What started as a hard screen turned into a battle of pushing very quickly uh, between Len and McCollum. The NBA quick to levy fines McCollum 20 grand for shoving Alex Len and attempting to escalate the altercation and then let himself fine 15 grand for shoving McCollum back. Now that reaction by CJ is the culmination of fighting through the mud, in my opinion, through the entire season and desperately trying to get to the playoffs. And with each game, that goal is becoming harder, Rip City. This season is finite, and the team only has so many chances left in 2020. The feeling of desperation, each game going by, each demoralizing game going by as they attempt to inch closer to Memphis, it just gets worse. That that feeling of desperation that I have just gets worse and worse each night when they don't come through. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode 10 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions about Rip City you want answered on the show or heard something I said and want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. All right, basketball fans, let's face the music and talk facts about the Portland Trail Blazers. Since February 1st, Portland has won six games. That's it. Six. Yeah, all right, they had a week and a half in there with the All-Star break, but only six wins for a team fighting for the playoffs? Ugh. And despite hearing week after week from players and coaches alike that they need to play with max effort, they need to play like the world is ending, even in some of those quotes, a hint of desperation in there, we're coming off a weekend again that was beyond disappointing to watch. Sure, all right, give the Kings credit for bombing away from three-point land. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Buddy Heald as well. They Buddy was actually out of the rotation briefly earlier this season, both of them balling out of their asses right now. But a lot of teams have been doing that lately to the Portland Trailblazers. Jason Tatum went for 36 when they lost to the Celtics. Zion Williamson dropped 25 in the loss to the Pelicans. Back in February before the All-Star break, they let Brandon freaking Clark, who averages 12 a game, drop 27 in the loss to the Grizzlies. No matter what they say or even did that game before, Portland cannot stop guys from having big nights on them game in and game out. The team just lacks in total defense and experience on defense for that matter. But on top of all of that, 
The effort is waning in the last month or so of a very long 82-game season. The team is just feeling it at this point, and it's understandable. Uh, Dame Dalla put it best when asked what happened in the first quarter against Sacramento when it seemed like the team just laid down. We played like a team that was coming home, you know, like we was counting on being on our home floor to uh, kind of go in our direction, and they came out, you know, aggressive and attack mode on fire and uh, jumped out to a big lead, and we just had a hard time getting back into it. I'm glad that Dame can pinpoint the issues the Blazers are having, but they just cannot afford to play like someone stole their Cheerios. It just can't happen if they're serious about the eighth spot. Now, I think their heads are all there, and from what players have been saying all season, it sounds like they know what they need to do. I guess the real question is, after all these injuries and all the letdowns through the 2019-2020 season, are the Portland Trailblazers even physically capable of winning most of their games the rest of the year? After that beatdown by the Sacramento Kings, Terry Stotts even was looking pretty fed up with the way his team was playing. Well, it's an understatement to say uh, very disappointed with the way we played in the first quarter, first half. We didn't play like a desperate team, a team fighting for a playoff spot, and uh, hard enough to win this league, uh, much less when you don't compete as hard as you need to compete. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rip City, I am getting tired of having to go through this week to week. You know, Memphis lost last Friday, but the Blazers who had an opportunity to get it done against Phoenix and gain a full game in the standings against them, missed that opportunity. Didn't happen. So now, starting this week, four and a half games out of the eighth spot of the Western Conference in the playoffs. Sacramento torched the Blazers for 77 first-half points and then led by 26 the day after that. On top of all that, the Grizzlies are playing very well. What I thought would happen is happening. Memphis is going on a run, and the Blazers are needing to play near perfect to hang around with them. At this rate, Rip City is going to play themselves out of the playoff hunt before the end of the month. I get that basketball is a game of runs, all right? But when you're already at the point where you can't allow any errors, and then you go scoreless for five minutes straight like they did against the Suns last Friday, one of the worst teams in the league, you just don't deserve to be in the playoffs. To quote C.J. McCollum, this team is in the danger zone. Do you think they still have a real chance at that eighth spot, Blazers fans? I'm not so sure now. But there is some good news. Some much-needed help is on the way. And it's the news that I have been waiting for coming this week. I am so stoked to finally be able to say that Yusuf Nurkic is back. It'll have been 342 days, 342 calendar days total since Yusuf has played in an NBA game for Rip City. Uh, this week is marking his official return to the lineup against the Houston Rockets. That's March 15th. And with his return, uh, fans obviously excited, but more importantly, asking how much he will be able to contribute. How much of an impact can he make on the Blazers run for that eighth spot in the Western Conference? Well, he actually answered some of those questions himself when he spoke to Yahoo Sports recently. Says a Yusuf quote, I worked my ass off, 
to be in a position to get back onto the court and help my team, but game speed's going to be different. Now, Nurkic told this to Yahoo Sports. I'm not going to be playing 40 minutes, but for me mentally, I need to get those reps in before I can play. Physically, I'm good. I had a calf strain recently, which is normal for the injury I've had. I've been pleased with where my rehab is going. I never doubted I'd be back, but I had to make sure I was 100%. That is a Yusuf Nurkic quote to Yahoo Sports. Of course, Nurk suffered a compound fracture of his left tibia and fibula in a game March 25th, 2019 against the Nets. That one of the most gruesome injuries ever, ever seen on a basketball court. Uh, Anyone want a comparison? If you have a strong stomach, go watch Sean Livingston's massive knee injury in 07 or Andrew Bogut's arm being broken in 2010. Uh, Google those, once again, if you have a strong stomach. If not, just understand that if you didn't see Nurkic break his leg, it was gross. But most people listening watched that awful injury at some point, either live or on YouTube. So we know how hard Yusuf Nurkic has been working to get back on the court. But he'll be limited in his playing time at first. Uh, I would assume you hear him just talking about there is no 40 minutes that he's going to be playing right off the bat a game. I assume he'll be held to around 20 and probably won't be playing in the second of back-to-backs, which I think the Blazers have two left this season, back-to-backs. Damian Lillard, Nurkic's big brother, told Jason Quick from The Athletic he's hopeful that Nurkic will provide that much-needed punch. Of course, Nurkic... uh, They need him 15 and a half points, 10 rebounds before the injury last year. I'll be straight with you, Rip City. Can we expect anything close to that for the rest of the year? Probably not. But if we see Nurkic starting to make some exciting plays and show that hard-nosed defensive effort that we've desperately missed, that will be enough proof for me that he will be back to the old use of Nurkic in no time. And another burning question about Nurkic's return involves how he will gel with fellow center Hassan Whiteside on the floor. Whiteside has been just absolutely amazing for the Portland Trailblazers, acquired in the offseason, not traded at the deadline. So a lot of people are thinking that Neil O'Shea uh, should re-sign him at this point. If they weren't able to get anything for him, it would be kind of a miss if Neil didn't keep him this summer. But Hassan and Yusuf, they are both true centers so it could get awkward. Uh, Yusuf addressed that as well with Yahoo Sports, saying, quote, he's my teammate. I don't know the plans going forward, but my mind is on how I'm going to help this team make the playoffs. We just need to sacrifice our games for the team's good, do the little things that don't show on the stat sheet, and put our games together for possibly the playoffs. So Yusuf is really in the right mindset, at least the rest of this season, And a lot of people say that it wouldn't work at all, Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside together, because, well, that was the reason that the Denver Nuggets traded him. He couldn't play with Nikola Jokic. Well, just because that wasn't working doesn't mean that a Yusuf Nurkic-Hassan Whiteside combo couldn't work either. Uh, Whiteside and him could wreak havoc in the paint together. So while some prognosticators and analysts want to totally sell on the idea of those two coexisting in Rip City, I think that the combo, it, it could be like a Swiss army knife for Terry Stotts to win with. So I'm so happy that Nurkic is back on the court where he belongs. And I guess we'll find out in 45 days or so, Rip City, if his return was the difference between Portland getting into the playoffs or not. All right, basketball fans, uh, I don't really like to get very serious on the show often. Uh, Something to note, though, on 
every fan's mind out there. Uh, the first presumptive case of coronavirus happened in Oregon a couple weeks ago now, so that triggered Portland Trailblazers guard C.J. McCollum to announce on Twitter that he is not signing autographs for the foreseeable future, uh, tweeting out the coronavirus officially hit Oregon, more specifically Lake Oswego. Make sure y'all washing y'all hands with soap for 20 seconds or more and covering your mouths when you cough. The CDC and health experts still advising the general public to stay home if they are sick and continue to practice good hygiene as well. So CJ tweeting out, he's putting a moratorium on autograph signings for the foreseeable future as well. Uh, This spread of coronavirus has been thankfully not affecting too many people as of yet, but the Pacific Northwest actually seems like it could be a trouble spot. So just beware, uh, go live your best life, but just beware that there are things that this coronavirus spread could affect. Uh, The NBA has actually spoken about playing games or preparing to play games without fans present because they would like to do what they can uh, to keep this virus from spreading. And there are already enough people freaking out about this, and you'll only add to the panic if you go out when you're sick and you're coughing and you're sneezing. So I would recommend you stay home. And, of course, the NBA telling people to do the same as well. I I mean, this is getting pretty crazy, folks. The Chinese Basketball Association already suspending play, I think, last month for the rest of the year. Uh, The South by Southwest Film Festival in Texas recently canceled. Uh, There were thoughts uh, that maybe the Olympics in Tokyo would be canceled this summer. That's still going on uh, right now. So just beware, you know, wash your hands. If you are sick, don't go out and don't expect C.J. McCollum or any other famous person to sign autographs uh, for a while. So just wanted to get that public service announcement out, if you will. Kind of thought that it was my duty to say something since CJ McCollum even tweeting out, hey, I'm not signing autographs for a bit. So a lot of people worried about this. Uh, The markets have been going crazy. That's not really my topic. But the point is, uh, just keep living your best life and don't be stupid. Wash your hands and stay home if you're sick, all right? Okay, basketball fans, now time for some fun. It's time for This Week in Blazers History. If you're new to the podcast, it's where we take time to acknowledge a historical player or moment important to the team from around that week. Uh, This week, not really a player or a specific moment, but more of a possible situation, more of a what if. I'm going to let Damian Lillard himself set the table for this one. He was on the Knuckleheads podcast hosted by former Blazer Darius Miles and former NBA player Quentin Richardson. Darius asked him about something that has bugged Blazers fans for years. You and LaMarcus had so much success, and then he decided to leave. Yeah. I know you're looking at it like, hey, we, we just need a few more pieces, and right. we good. When I look back on it, I just be like, damn. Because if me and him were to stay teammates and I can get to the level that I'm at now, I'm like, okay, we could we could have for sure got one. The burning question, would the Blazers have won a championship if LaMarcus Aldridge never left for the San Antonio Spurs? We don't lose Batum, and we don't lose West, and we got CJ, we, we got had CJ. Will Barton, Alan Crabb. Yeah. We had it to, to do it. We just needed to just stay together. Our very first playoff against Houston, in game one, he had like 46 and 18. <laughs> and he serious. fouled out. Yeah, that's serious. He was having some crazy. He was killing. Yeah. And this is my first playoff game. And I ended up with like 30 and 7 and something. I finished the game off. So yeah. it's like, 
we could have had a lot of those situations where it's like when you go down or when you step out, I'll take it over. You know, a lot was made of the departure of LaMarcus Aldridge back in 2015. At that time, he was a Blazer for nine years after being drafted second overall by the Bulls back in 06. Of course, he was flipped for Tyrus Thomas and Victor Kriapa. That, one of the best freaking trades in Blazers history. Got them LA, of course. Uh, him and Dame, a formidable pair. But Dame hadn't quite gotten to the status of NBA superstar yet. There were never any issues between Dame and L.A. on the court. No, the drama was all about their personal relationship and L.A.'s demeanor as a human being towards his teammates and the Blazers organization as a whole. Maybe some of that was because of a bad taste in his mouth left over by the Brandon Roy, Greg Oden injury issues that basically just forced him to step up and be the face of the team maybe a little earlier than he was willing to. Years later, though both have opened up and also kind of owned themselves in that situation, owned up to why things soured between them. Uh, this was an interview with Jason Quick of The Athletic. LaMarcus Aldridge said that he didn't handle the situation the way he would have wanted to. Aldridge felt his role was diminished after Lillard was drafted by the Blazers. This is a direct quote. Being a vet, I didn't handle him coming in well. I didn't want to make him think I was stifling his growth or have a mindset that I was hitting on him, so I didn't say anything to him. That was the wrong approach, because he told me he would have liked guidance and a big brother, end quote. Now, Damian Lillard on the other side, he also talked with uh, Jason Quick of The Athletic about his relationship with LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, he said that he wasn't trying to be the star of the team, but didn't know how to say it to LaMarcus. Uh, this is a quote. I didn't know how to explain to him and say, this is not me saying I'm better than you. This is me being as complimentary to you as possible. So because they didn't know how to get along, L.A. went and signed with San Antonio in 2015, a summer which Aldridge flat out told Damian Lillard that flying to meet him to pitch staying in Portland just wouldn't have mattered. His mind was already made up, and now all of us in Rip City were left to wonder... To this day, what could have been? And thankfully, they have kind of gotten those cobwebs cleared out of their relationship because I do think they would have won a championship, if not possibly two, if the drama between L.A. and Dame wasn't happening. Like Dame said, that team was absolutely stacked. They needed maybe one more shooter, in my opinion, added to the mix. Someone that played for the Blazers last year, like Mo Harkless did, just kind of a 3 and D wing guy. There have been conversations, though, about L.A. coming back to Portland. The seven-time All-Star told Jason Quick about a year ago that he remains in touch with Lillard. A quote, I keep telling him I'm going to come back and finish in Portland. That's something him and I have talked about, playing together again. End quote. That is direct from LaMarcus Aldridge. And let me clarify, I would absolutely love it if L.A. were able to finish his career in Portland. If this were actually to happen, I would be the first guy standing up, yelling about it. If the news came down randomly in the middle of the day somewhere, I would undoubtedly be scaring every single person in the room that I'm in at the time, just getting up and screaming. But on the other side of that, I still feel the anger. I, I will never lose that anger or feeling of just straight-up betrayal when he left to sign with the San Antonio Spurs. Don't ever forget that, Rip City. 
Now, I'm not someone that will go burn a jersey on social media like ever. Still remember everybody doing that to LeBron James from Cleveland when he went uh, to sign with the Miami Heat to take his talents to Miami the first time. Now, I was close at the time. I was close to wasting money on an L.A. jersey and just torching it on social media, just saying, ah, LaMarcus, bleep you, I'm done. I mean, how frustrating is it that only six years later does LaMarcus realize that he made a mistake in how he handled his relationship with Dame? I'm not trying to be a what-ifer here, but just imagine what could have been if LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't immature as hell towards Dame. I mean, that's all it would have taken? Getting past the immaturity? You're telling me personality issues kept those two from winning a title possibly more? That Rip City is something I will never, ever get over. Sack up and grow up, LaMarcus. And you know what? To all you young kids, sack up and grow up. But obviously he has. And now Dame and L.A. are both in a much better spot in their relationship. But damn it if I haven't lost sleep over the fact that the Blazers' trajectory was affected by how a particular player woke up feeling during the season. So maybe LaMarcus Aldridge will come back and give it one more go after his contract is up in San Antonio in 2021. Maybe. That'd be awesome. But until that actually happens, we can only guess at what could have been in Portland. But Damian Lillard sounds pretty sure that he and LaMarcus Aldridge could have hoisted that Larry O'Brien trophy over their shoulders together. All right, Blazers fans, it was fun going down memory lane, but that is a wrap on episode 10 of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered or you think I'm crazy, a lot of people do, hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please, please, please hit that download button and subscribe wherever you listen. You'll really be helping me out get that random algorithm to show this to as many new listeners as possible. You can also find the show at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and Believe Podcasts on Twitter. Also, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact us at Believe.com. That's all for now, Blazers fans. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.